Hey everybody, Happy New Year. Welcome to a whole new stream of content on true crime fiction. So for some of you listeners who have been listening for a longer time, you will know that I have my debut novel, Self-Help for Serial Killers, Let Your Creativity Bloom, currently being shopped to publishers by my agent, Kevin, at the North Literary Agency. It's also been uh, long-listed for the Crime Writer Association's debut Dagger, and uh, last year it was a finalist for the Amazon Publishing New Voices Award. So, you know, that's really great, but nobody's really picking it up or wanting to buy it. So rather than sit and feel a bit sad about this and as though nothing works out, I have decided instead to start releasing it chapter by chapter on the pod. So one of the things that inspired me to do this is old Victorian writers. So Charles Dickens used to publish his novels chapter by chapter every month in magazines. And that's why some of them are so huge because people were loving the stories and they didn't want them to end. Elizabeth Gaskell, when she wrote North and South, it was published in the same way and at the end of her very first chapter her heroine turns down a proposal of marriage and nobody bought the magazine in the second month because they were all like well if she's turned down a proposal of marriage what exactly is going to happen in her life we don't want to read about that um so this is a, a really long tradition but obviously they didn't have podcasting to do this but I do. So at the beginning of every month, you are going to get a new chapter of self-help for serial killers. I have also set up a Patreon. So if you want to hear the next chapter really quickly and you can't wait a full month, you'll find the next episode in there now once you've finished the first one. So for this first little bit, it's just the introduction to the book. Self-help for serial killers is crime fiction, but it's masquerading as non-fiction, as a self-help written by a serial killer. So this is the introduction and it starts with a lot of the kind of paraphernalia of books such as the dedication to his nemesis and also the reviews by other people within the genre. So I hope you're going to really enjoy this. I'm really excited about releasing it to you all. My dear I'll give you You are listening to Self-Help for Serial Killers, Let Your Creativity Bloom, written by Mari R.R. Campbell-Jack, long-listed for the Crime Writers Association debut Dagger and a finalist in the Amazon Publishing New Voices Award. for self-help for serial killers. Maine Fox's guide to unleashing creativity is truly revolutionary. He has become a voice for the marginalised, those on the fringes of society who have for a long time been shunned by a mainstream which is too cowardly to look into the mirror these people hold up to hypocrisy. 
I hope the pearls of wisdom here will begin a new movement in which these misunderstood people can come together in a way they never have before. Erin Gully True There have been other guides to creativity before, but this one is unique. In the world of philosophical literature, it breaks completely new ground. It will not be for everybody, but for those special people who want to not only live their best life, but also achieve the biggest impact they can on the world. Those who only have an A-game, this is going to be a new Bible. <laughs> Dr. S. L. Lehman Fox completely disregards the female experience in this book. Sure, what he's saying is important, but you will notice that he addresses the issues to the brothers, never sisters. In this age of equality, it is shameful that female artists in this genre are not getting the same amount of praise or attention, sometimes for work, which greatly surpasses that of their male counterparts. Donna O'Dunster. Main Fox is an utterly obscene individual. This book is a disgusting travesty, and if even one person dies because of it, I hope the idiot who publishes this utter shit is raped to death. Anonymous Twitter user. For DCI Halliday Campbell, I'm always thinking about when we can be together next. Introduction People often say that this or that person has not yet found himself, but the self is not something one finds. It is something one creates, Thomas says. I need no introduction. You know who I am. I am the most notorious serial killer Scotland has ever seen. I terrified the whole country, almost brought its main industry to a standstill, threatening the economy, thousands of jobs and international relations with several other major countries. There may be killers who have higher numbers of kills than I do, but no one has managed the impact I've had on a whole nation, or many nations. Burke and Hare are woven into the mythology of Scotland, yet they only killed a few people in Edinburgh. I reached the whole country, from isolated villages with only a hundred residents to our busy capital city. I killed in front of monuments to our glorious engineering past and in quiet beauty spots, little nooks where the small-minded go to contemplate nature and their dull existence. I made sure that what was once celebrated became horrific. And now, Seven years into my comfortable stay at Carstairs, a stay the state says will be indefinite, as though that's the state's choice. For the moment, being here suits me, so I will stay until I decide it no longer serves 
my purpose. I've been urged by therapists and psychiatrists to use my time here productively, while, unlike most of the rest of the population, I don't need to virtue signal to feel good about myself. There could be something to this. I do have insights most people don't. After my sentencing, I started to receive letters from people who admired me. Young men who wanted to be like me. Lonely women who thought they could save me. On my journey, I have learned so much. Honed skills. Created a craft. Found my own power and creativity. My learning is what I have to give back. I can help those who are just starting out. Offer them the the guidance and the mentoring I never had. This book does not have chapters, but weeks. If you rush through the book, you will not get the full benefit from it. I recommend you read one section a week. This will give you the time you need to ruminate, to fully absorb what has been said and the impact it has on you. This is vital. One of the problems with today's world is that we move too fast through everything. Everyone wants to binge. The problem with a binge, though, is that it makes you feel sick. If you really want to appreciate and learn, you need to slow down and feel the lesson running through you. It is important to do this because so many people in the past have completely misconstrued the creative instructional text that they have consumed. Look at Ian Brady, who thought Raskolnikov was a hero, when in fact he was a weakling. If Brady had taken the time to properly contemplate crime and punishment, rather than just trying to quickly read it and ignore the bits that didn't fit with his worldview, then maybe his arrogant belief that he would never be caught wouldn't have tripped him up. My point is, if you want to read a book fully, to understand what it tells you, don't binge. Take it slowly. Good things come to those who wait. This book is a little like Stephen King's autobiography, in which he tells you about his life and also about what you will need to become a writer. Except this is for the people Mr. King writes about. If you're a close reader, you may find that there are some clues as to what I'm going to do next and how you can get involved. If you are a really close reader, you may find all sorts of hidden surprises and delights to disappoint you. Working through the themed exercises I've set you week by week, you will discover your own power and creativity. You will be able to slough off everything that holds you back. Parents, friends, the hypocritical morals of religion and society. I'll give you tips on constructing your cover life. I'll also let you know all the secrets of our craft, such as the number one thing you must never do if you have children. I'll pinpoint key moves through your career that can make you great, and I will also reveal to you some of the most important traditions, which have sadly fallen by the wayside in recent decades, 
such as finding and cultivating your relationship with your nemesis. I'll let you in on previously unknown secrets about how DCI Campbell and I really feel about each other, what she said to me when there was no one else around, and how, despite that long distance between us, which so often damages relationships, I am still managing to create that all-important spark. Lastly, I'll let you know about creating backup plans. I have one. Reader, don't think I plan to spend the rest of my life here. I'll be getting out on my own terms and meeting as many as you as possible to personally help you on your own journey, one way or another. Why are we no longer as creative? The first thing I want to discuss is the biggest problem which faces those of us who are active in our industry. Call it what you will. Horror, terror, serial killings, fear. But it has, alas, become dumbed down. Our field used to be small with only a few names, but they were truly unique and terrifying. The best example of this is Ed Gein. He did not stand out as one of the more intelligent of us, yet he showed a startling amount of creativity and craft. While, like so many of us, he created in quiet introspection, once his inventiveness was revealed, it sent out shockwaves that are still resounding through our culture. At least five of the top ten horror films have in some way been inspired by Gein in whole or part. For the uneducated man who was born over a hundred years ago, to have such an influence on popular culture is otherwise unheard of. However, with the rise of the media, which has given Gein and his gifts to us their central place in our cultural psyche, we are also exposed to lesser talents. With the explosion of social media and the 24-hour news cycle, few serial killers need craft anymore, just a body count. Many spend no time honing a personal style. They just blow their easily picked-apart psyches all over the place for anyone to gather up. This lack of elegance within our genre reflects the increasing crassness of the world, in which, in all the arts, people seek fame first before they have even put in the time to study or hone their craft. Something that used to take people years to master is as cheap and toxic as the plastic we wrap our foods in. Coupled with a greater understanding of human psychology, not that anyone can call psychology a proper science anyway. Anybody thinks they can read a true crime book or watch a season of Criminal Minds or Mindhunter and understand us. Of course they can't. Because they are hampered by either being pathetic enough to try and empathise with us or, even worse, thinking they can be like us when they have neither the stomach nor the imagination. The media has taken away our mystique, and with it, the look of terror we long for in people's eyes. Even populist police comedies will feature a serial killer, such as Brooklyn Nine-Nine's The Oolong Slayer. When I was young, no one would have dared to make a serial killer a punchline. 
like a spear. We used to strike fear into people's hearts, create terror and chaos, which echoed long after we passed. We have cheapened our own craft by allowing ourselves to copy the same fame-hungry prey we hunt. Whether you are a beginner, taking your first tentative steps, or at a midpoint in your journey trying to avoid the common pitfalls and temptations we all face, I have golden words of advice for you. If we all work on our own game, we can raise all games, and therefore the amount of terror and chaos we control in the world. Now you have my book. There is nothing stopping you. Canadian whiskey and spite Again You have been listening to Self-Help for Serial Killers, Let Your Creativity Bloom. It was longlisted for the Crime Writers Association debut Dagger. It was a finalist in the Amazon Publishing and Capital Crime New Voices Award. Writing was by me. Sound design was by me. Editing was by me. Everything was by me, apart from the introduction tune, which was from the talented singer-songwriter Josh Woodward, and it's called I Want to Destroy Something Beautiful. Thank you, Josh, for allowing me to use your tunes. It would mean a lot to me if you could rate and review in the podcast app you're listening to, or if you have an app which you can't do that on, just tell all your friends how awesome this is and how they really need to tune in rather than letting it die in the oblivion of the internet. The next episode will be out on the 1st of February. Same thing after all